0: Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I don't know about you all, I absolutely love Christmas season. Because it means I'm going to get presents. I absolutely love Christmas. It's just, I love the lights, I love the colors, I love the music. I play Christmas music non-stop. There's certain songs that I absolutely hate. How many of you at Christmas time, there's songs that you hear over and over again, just make you want to put an ice pick through your eyeball? Gouge out your ears so you don't have to hear them again. How's everybody doing this morning? (laughs) Can you tell I didn't get enough sleep last night? Oh, if you only knew what I'm not saying right now. I do, I just love Christmas time. I love Christmas season. Um, I love all the trappings, the smells, the food. I just, I love it. always have, my whole life. But you know, as as truth-oriented people, Bible believers, people that, that love the truth. You know that there, there's a reason that we celebrate Christmas. And so what I wanted to do today is lay a foundation for how to approach the Christmas season to keep in mind why He came. Why was there a virgin birth? Why did Jesus Christ need to come the way that He did? So we're going to take our Bibles, have your Bibles ready. If you didn't bring one, there's one in the seat in front of you. Just look underneath it. Don't take it from the person in front of you. There's one in the seat underneath. And uh, we're going to be going all through the Scriptures. We're going to start in Romans chapter 5. Before we do that, let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, you came and, and you didn't have to. And so we're so glad you did. And it was all a part of your plan and you have revealed that to us in the scriptures. So help us now as we as we go through the scriptures and lay a foundation for this, Lord. I pray that it's a help to us, that it's an encouragement, but more than anything, that we leave here incredibly thankful for what you've done. In Jesus' name, Amen. The Bible has so much to say about this subject, and it seems like there are only a, a couple of passages that are dealt with at Christmas time. And so we're going to lay a biblical understanding wh- about why did Jesus Christ come the way that he did? Why did he do this at all? So let's start with why He came and why the virgin birth was necessary. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. This is not normally a passage you would see associated with Christmas. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The reason that Jesus Christ came is because we're sinners. There was no way that a man could pay for our sin because we're all sinners. Look look at what it says. Wherefore, as by one man, that's Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon who? All men, for that all have sinned. We're all sinners. And that's just a simple fact of the matter is that none of us can pay that debt that we owe. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 22. The Bible says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. There's only one way for you to be saved, it's through Jesus Christ. Because Adam sinned as the federal head of the human race, sin entered into the world, that means that we're born in sin. We're not sinners because we sin, we sin because we're sinners. It's in our nature. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 that we're by nature children of wrath. That's the way that we're born, under the wrath of God. That's why Jesus Christ came. But it says in this, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So since death came by a man, a man is required to pay the debt, but the problem is no man can pay the debt. So we've got a serious problem. It's a a serious conundrum. Look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of uh, first fruits of them that slept. For since by a man came death, by a man came also the resurrection of the dead. You see, we needed a man who could pay our sin debt. And the only man that could pay that sin debt was the Lord Jesus Christ. But how did that happen? Well, it had to happen through a virgin birth, and we're going to see how all of that was set up and how it came to be. And it's important that you see in verse 21, for, by since, for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. So salvation has to come through a man. So let's find out how that happens. So get two passages. Get uh, Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 13. Beginning and the end, right? Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 13. Genesis chapter 3, and the serpent has tempted Eve, and she's eaten of the fruit, and Adam comes and eats of the fruit. And by verse 8, it says, And they heard, Genesis 3, 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord God. Now, when you see the voice of the Lord God, that's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. This is Jesus coming to walk with them in the garden. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now remember this, God never asks a question to gain information. Did He know where they were? It's a sad thing. And He said, So you notice that it's just, he goes to Adam, and Adam blames Eve. He goes to Edith, Eve, and Eve blames the serpent. And this is the way that people have behaved ever since then. You know, I didn't have a good dad, so I behaved this way. My mom was mean to me, so I behaved this way. Society's not been kind to me, so I behaved this way. There's always an excuse. Drop down to verse 21. And unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make goat make coats of skins and clothed them. Do you know that sin always brings death? And so there was a sacrifice made here all the way at the beginning, and God clothed them. Keep your place here in Genesis and go to Revelation 13. We'll see what this is a picture of. Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13, sorry, thank you. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names are not written, and look at this, in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, before God said, let there be light, Jesus Christ knew that He was going to die on the cross. It's an amazing thing because God knew that Adam was going to eat of this fruit and that sin would enter into the world. And so Jesus Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But imagine if God didn't do it. If God didn't send Jesus Christ, if God hadn't made that promise, then we'd have no hope of forgiveness. We'd have no hope of heaven. We'd have no hope of eternal life. It would be a Christless eternity in the torments of hell forever. Now... Back in Genesis chapter 3, here's the promise. In verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity, that's war, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. That's the serpent, between the serpent and the woman. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed, that's the seed of Satan, and her seed, that's the seed of woman. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So one day... This is the promise. One day there would be a man walking on the earth that did not come from the seed of man. That would have to be a supernatural thing because women don't have seed. So one day there would be a man walking on the face of the earth that's not on the earth by natural human processes. And then notice what it says in verse 15 again. End of the verse. It shall bruise thy head. Not he. It shall bruise thy head. So a person is promised that will be an it that will bruise the serpent's head. So two things to look for. A man who's born without a man and an it that's going to bruise the serpent's head. It's a very interesting thing that that God sets up all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to see it develop through the scriptures. So you have this, not a he, and it, and then a man that's not born of a woman. So go to Isaiah chapter 7. Let's see how this works out. Isaiah chapter 7. And look at verse 14. Therefore... The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a what? Virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So here you're going to have a virgin and have a child, and that is quite a sign. You know that the RSV, when it came out, the Revised Standard Version, when it came out, it said a young woman shall conceive. That's not much of a sign, right? It happens every day. But when a virgin conceives, that's a sign that would have to come from God himself. Look at what it says. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. This would be a baby that did not come from Adam's seed, but from a woman with seed. This would be a child without a human father. And this speaks of a child entering into the world by a means other than that of natural human reproduction. You know what I love about this? God's not forgotten his promise. This is centuries after Genesis chapter 3. God is promising that He is going to send His Son. Now, notice it says at the end of verse uh, 14, And shall call His name Emmanuel. And this is what Maureen was just singing about. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Now, go to chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Very important information here. For unto us a child is born. This is a birth announcement. Now notice this is not, you know, Jim and Laura would like to announce that they're having a baby and hallelujah, we're not announcing that. It'd be like Bob Curlis, you know. (laughs) Pushing the stroller from my wheelchair. But this is not an announcement from... A couple, this is an announcement from God to the world for unto us. Look at what it says for unto us. A child is born, but the son wasn't born. The son was given. Why? Because he is the pre-existent, eternal son of God that God allowed to be born of a virgin. What an amazing thing. So this is a birth announcement to the world. But there's something that's interesting in this. The child is born. The son is given. We're going to see the son is given part here in a minute. And then look at what it says. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And when I see the Everlasting Father is being born, it's like I'm my own grandpa. How does this happen? How can the, the father be born? How can mighty God, almighty God, how can that be born? That's the purpose of the virgin birth. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God came to be with us. It's an amazing thing. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, And He's the Prince of Peace. Isn't it wonderful we have all these songs about peace? There's no peace in the world. There won't be peace until people acknowledge the Prince of Peace. Why? Because there's enmity between Satan and Jesus Christ that will go on until Jesus Christ comes and puts an end to it. The Son is given. So how can a child be God? How can He be the everlasting Father? Only God's going to do this. But notice what it says, that He's going to reign forever. Go to Micah, Micah chapter 5. It's right after Obadiah and Jonah, if that helps you. Micah chapter 5. And look at verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. You see that? The government's going to be on his shoulder. Whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Now, some modern translations say from old times. No, no, no. From everlasting. How many of you there's a difference between old times and everlasting? Jesus Christ is the the eternal, pre-incarnate Son of God. He existed before He had a body. That's Jesus Christ. But notice what it says. Whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So what are we seeing? That this promise from Genesis, that there's going to be a a, a man on earth who doesn't come from the seed of man, and it's going to be an it. The it becomes very... No, it's not a clown that drags people into the sewer. Okay, this is something that's different. This it shall have something... Now, I've never seen that movie, just so you know. I have not, I just know that's what it is. So now, Micah chapter 5 is telling us that he is from everlasting. Now, go back to Jeremiah chapter 22, and I'm going to show you something very interesting. So, there was an evil king in Judah, and his name was Keniah. And listen to what the Bible says in verse 24. Jeremiah chapter 22 and verse 24. As I live, saith the Lord, though Caniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, you know of a signet ring, yet would I pluck thee thence. And I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them whose face thou fearest even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. And I will cast thee out, and thy mother that bear thee into another country, where ye were not born, and there shall ye die. He says, I'm going to take you out of this land into another land, and you're going to die there. Your mother's going to go with you. Look at what it says. But to the land whereunto they desire to return, thither shall they not return. Now, some rhetorical questions here that God asks about Keniah. Is this man Keniah a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out? He and his, what's that word? Seed. And are cast into a land which they know not. O oh, Earth! Earth! Earth, hear the word of the Lord. Now, anytime you see a word repeated three times in the Bible, that's the highest level of emphasis. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is cursed here because, listen, without someone coming from the seed of David and sitting on the throne of David, there will never be peace on earth. And God has pronounced judgment on the seed of David through Keniah here. Look at what it says, verse 30. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. And I can just see Satan and his minions saying, we've won, we've won. We've done it. We've corrupted the world in such a way that the Messiah cannot come from the seed of David anymore. But God had a plan. God had a man who would be born without a man. So he could be from the line of Keniah without coming from the seed of Keniah. There's so much more to the Christmas story than you find. I've never seen a Kaniah Christmas card. There's so much in this that, where God has fought and dealt with Satan and with the evil. and he's doing it. a child will be born of Keniah's line, but not of his seed. Let's see how it happened, Matthew chapter one. See, at Christmas time, we read these passages like Matthew 1, and we'll go to Luke chapter 1 in a minute. But we see these passages, and there's information in these passages that we know by heart. All of us know every one of these details, but they're here for a reason. So look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as His mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together. Do you see that? Before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Now notice this. He was a just man. Is that what the Bible says? When God says you're a just man, that's quite the compliment, isn't it? And a just man doesn't want a defiled woman. Young ladies, remember this. Be pure. Young men, be pure. How many of you think God still cares about that? Um, I, I called James Knox before Wednesday night. I was talking about um, the parable of the ten virgins. And so he, I didn't get a hold of him. He called me after church Wednesday night. And he said, what well, what were you calling about? And I said, well, I'm teaching on the parable of the ten virgins. And I just had a question about it. He said, was it how to explain to a genera- to this generation what a virgin is? That's the world that we live in, isn't it? It's still important. Now listen, if you've messed up, isn't it wonderful that we have a God of forgiveness? I'm not here to make anybody feel bad or to to put you down, but that, that purity, it's still a good thing. Be pure as God is pure. Be holy as God is holy. All right, so now, so he was minded to put away privately, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Thou, what's it say? Son of David. 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 Joseph is from the line of David. And so Joseph is his father legally, but not his father physically. How about that? Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that... Which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, do you notice it says, for that? Not him. That? And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name what? Do you know that this is the first time this word is introduced in your Bible? You see, we understand the Messiah, we understand those words, but this Jesus, this is his humanity, this is our hope of a Savior. Because look at what it says. it shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Look, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us. Unto us! a child is born. Unto us a son is given. What a wonderful announcement. Look at Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 26. And in the sixth month, The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a what? A virgin. What's repetition in the Bible? That's an important component to the story. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Can you imagine? An angel, which would that be freaky enough, right? And then then the angel says, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest. Understand it takes the power of the highest to accomplish this. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, oh, look at this, that holy, what's it say? Thing, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. So what do we have? What do we have? We have a man. That's born without a man. And an it, a thing, that can bruise the serpent's head. What's the significance of the it, the thing? The Bible says, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. No man hath seen God at any time. Uh, Why did Jesus Christ come? God, who at sundry times in a diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. And what did He do with that Son? He's appointed Him heir of all things, by whom also He made the world, who being the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. That's Jesus Christ. He's the image of the Father. He is the thing that could die on the cross. We've looked at it before. Hebrews chapter 10, the night before Christmas, when Jesus Christ said, Thou hast prepared for me a body. Why? Because in the the blood of bulls and goats, you're not satisfied, Father. You need a a pure and a holy sacrifice. That is a man. And that man came, born of a virgin. That holy thing, that it was a, a man. With a body who was also God, who was also sinless, who was also perfect, that's why Christmas is so important because Jesus Christ came and notice here in Luke all of the things we've looked at that are fulfilled. the first is you can see to a, verse twenty seven to a virgin that's Isaiah seven fourteen, a virgin shall conceive and then the throne of righteousness from Isaiah chapter nine it says in the verse of thirty two that he was going to sit on the throne. Of his father David. And she said, I know not a man. This this fulfills the fact that she'd come, he'd come from the seed of a woman, her seed. And then of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's what it says, of his kingdom there shall be no end in verse 33. That's the promise of that eternal kingdom in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. It is all fulfilled. Every one of these details were required for Jesus to be the Son of God. That's why it's here in your Bible. Why Christmas? Why? Because Romans 5.12, For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all had sinned. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Because it took a man, look at 1 Corinthians 15, let's look at it. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. Good news, Jesus Christ came. Good news, he died on the cross for you and for me. Good news, he was buried for three days and three nights, and then he rose from the dead, proving that he was, is, and always will be God. And he's at the, hand of, at the right hand of the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father in the throne of God. Is that what the Bible says? Yeah, but that's not the throne of David. David never had a throne in heaven. Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth to sit on the throne of David to rule and reign in righteousness forever, and all of us who are saved will rule and reign with him. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Christmas. It's so much different than the... the, the well, people celebrate the donkey. This is so much better than all the hype. It's so much better than all the tradition because it's the truth. The joy of Christmas, our condition, we're sinners. God's solution, it shall bruise thy head. That's Satan's head. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Amen? Aren't you glad Jesus Christ came? What an amazing Bible we have. I hope that you're saved. He didn't just come so we could have Christmas. He came so we could be saved. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the best part is what Maureen sang about before I preached. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He came. The Bible says, For as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin? It took a man. To pay for that sin. And do you know what that means? That we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Remember what Job said? God's not a man. Can we look at it? Job 9. verse 32 Job 9 verse 32 talking about God for he's not a man as i am that i should answer him and we should come together in judgment look neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both let him take away let him take his rod away from me and let not his fear terrify me Then would I speak and not fear him. Look, but it is not so with me. Aren't you glad he became a man? Job didn't get to know that God until Jesus went down and preached the gospel to him in paradise. We get to know him. We get to know him. He's not a man. Yes, he is. He became a man without sin. That's what Christmas is about. As we enter into this season and all the busyness and all the craziness and all the meat roll log things that people pass around, all of the stuff, the, the cheese that nobody likes, all that stuff when you go into it and, and, and green bean casserole, it's like beans and pus mixed together, they put in front of you. It's disgusting when you enter into all of that. Remember, He came to save us from green bean casserole. (laughs) When we look at all the trappings of Christmas, there's a reason He came. There's a reason He came. Amen? Are you glad He came? Let's all stand together. Joy to the world. (laughs) The Lord is come. Let earth receive her what? Her king. Lord. Is He your King? Is He your Lord? Is He your Savior? I hope He is today. That's why He came at Christmas. Let's sing this together.